Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Leverage Masters. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Grace, and along with my co-host and all-around partner in crime, Jack Humphrey, we are the co-founders of TheLeveragists.com and Divizio.com. And how are you this fine Tuesday, Jack? Great. It's a little rainy around here, so I haven't been able to do my outdoor walking. I'm a treadmill walking guy right now, and it's not making me as happy, but I'm still happy to be able to walk, I guess. <laughs> uh, well, at least it's not in the 90s and gorgeous like it is down here, huh? Oh, I know. What a distraction that would be. I get much more work done on rainy days. <laughs> Too funny. Well, why don't you tell everybody about our guest today? I will. We have Broncar Lee and Rainy Suggs. Broncar isn't your typical keynote speaker. You guys are in for a treat today. His unique background includes touring Europe as a ringmaster to a world-renowned circus, a real circus. Uh, I've led a circus, but it wasn't a real one. Uh, appearing with Jay Leno on The Tonight Show and beatboxing with his 18-month-old son in a viral video that received over 125 million views. Pulling from these vastly different experiences, Broncar provides a refreshing perspective on how to lead with confidence, clarity, and purpose, regardless of job title. And Rainy Suggs is with us as well today and has been involved with communications, marketing, and online businesses for over 15 years. In 2011, she began her journey into the world of personal development, work through the Essence of Being workshops. This was pivotal pivotal in in changing the direction of her life. In 2013, she began working as the Atlanta Workshop Director and Enrollment Coordinator. She serves as a co-leader of the Women's Prosperity Network Atlanta Chapter. Brankar and Rainey, welcome to Leverage Masters. Hey, it's great to be here. Good morning. How are (laughs) you? Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Now, to start this off, it's a little unusual to have two guests, so let me know how you guys are working together, and and, uh, and uh, we'll start there. <laughs> I'll take that one. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I have, as you said um, in my bio, um, years ago I got into the world of personal development, and uh, through that experience, I also began working with speakers, getting speakers booked on different stages, and also producing a lot of events. Um, and so I met Bron Carr, and I met him through uh, an NSA uh, National Speakers Association event here in Georgia. And uh, we recently reconnected, and our missions are very similar in this world. And so I have started working with Bron Carr, getting him on different stages, and also um, we're working on producing an event here in Georgia. So we have now teamed up to help um, – you know, spread the message of continuous um, continuous learning and creative growth for different people and different organizations. 
And Jack, oddly awesome. enough, you have actually spoken with Rainy before. <laughs> I, you sound familiar, and your name is is, is quite unforgettable, but uh, I can't remember where. A few what are, what are years days? ago, I, I had been at the women's. A few years ago, I had been at the Women's Prosperity Network's Unconference in Orlando, Florida, and met Rainy while I was there, and invited her to join us for a hug seat. And so, you and I have done a hug seat with Rainy in the past. That's it. That's what it was. Hi, Rainy. <laughs> yeah. Hi again. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and Gia, so, that was such a blessing, and I really appreciate that opportunity as well. Yeah, I love that. Gina and I are getting back into hug seats because we miss that connection with people a lot, and uh, we've we've stopped doing them over the last year, but I think we both miss it an awful lot. Those are some of the most meaningful uh, work sessions we do with people. So that's awesome. So, Broncar, uh, it's typical for people to go on Jay Leno and then come to Leverage Masters. This happens to us all the time. Um, and, you know, somebody who's had a super viral videos and been on all these stages. I was on your website uh, this morning and thinking, man, there's an awful lot of questions I could ask this guy. And we only have an hour, and <laughs> and we have a double guest uh, situation. Um, I don't even really know where to begin because you do such dynamic stuff um, with people. And maybe we could just start with what is the if you had to say if somebody just forced you to say what it is that you love working with uh, big audiences and individuals possibly uh, the most. What is the thing that really gets you crazy to get out of bed in the morning? Um, I would say the feedback um, when you get the reciprocation from a human being where something has been catalyzed, a new uh, synapse is fired, a new epiphany has gone off, uh, some, 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 form of, um, some form of progression. Uh, when, you, when you receive that feedback from another human being, that is the most powerful uh, uh, sensation. Uh, it's... it's um, a validation that you are or that I am or that one is uh, fulfilling some purpose in life. Uh, and it, it, it gives the, the sensation that we are um, making a difference. And I believe that all human beings want to have some level of significance in the world. And so when we receive that feedback from another human being or an audience, uh, that, that puts us uh, uh, in, in this place of um, – uh, this place of, of comfort, of relaxation, of we are enough, we are good enough, and we are, uh, you know, affecting the world in a, in a positive way. Was the progression to working uh, on ever bigger stages and with larger groups just a natural response to the level of addiction that you realized that you had? to that feeling, to that progression, to that, to being that catalyst or being part of that, that process? Because it looks like it just progressed on a, until you could get enough. And, it, and, and I'm seeing you in your video with these great big audiences and everything that you're doing and how much you're doing to excite them and to wake them up or to move them or to make them laugh. And I'm like, man, this guy's really got it bad. He really loves, loves, loves 
that feeling to the degree he's got to fill up these huge rooms just to get his fill. Is that is that an accurate <laughs> assessment? Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it is. It is somewhat of an addiction, I suppose. <laughs> well, it's a good addiction to have. I mean, it's you know, there could be worse ones. Uh, like yeah. putting the toilet paper on the wrong the wrong way in the bathroom. That is bad. We don't want to do that. Yeah. And then they'll leave it to you all which way I put the toilet paper because <laughs> I don't want to start a fight. That's not good. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, where do you, where do you go? So what, what are you working on these days? Um, Rainy, you talked a little bit about this, about what you guys, what your goals are here. Um, I look at a site like, like yours, and I go, man, it seems like you're done. I mean, you just keep doing what you're doing. Where, where are you now? Um, where do you feel like you are right now, and where do you want to take all of this? How much further can you go with it? Yeah, I would say there's a lot of room for growth, and that was really what Rainey and I were attracted to. Uh, that was the purpose of our, our attraction, I think, was, you know, we're, we both amplify each other, and our skill sets, you know, Rainey has an amazing skill set uh, with the way that she connects with people, um, you know, whether that's on the telephone, uh, you know, you being a, an incredible email ninja, have the ability to reach out and connect with people in a different medium than, than, than I do. And so we really amplify each other and strengthen each other. And I think um, there are, you know, there are a lot of places that we're wanting to go. Uh, there's kind of two projects working simultaneously one is that Rainy mentioned we're producing a big event here in, in Atlanta, Georgia called the Set Your Tone Summit. And it's all about, you know, finding what your tone is, your voice, how you put your energetic signature on life. And it's a very, uh, you know, empowering personal development, uh, full day event. So this more immersive experience that, uh, you know, is open to the public and attendees come to. And then we're, we're both producers on that. And then the other is the, the keynoting side where it's uh, going more to organizations, uh, corporate organizations doing, you know, um, uh, uh, large events. And that is, you know, coming to a built-in audience and looking to empower them and strengthen their, you know, connection and, and, uh, uh, and, and workflow and, and, and life as well, you know, personally and professionally. So I think, you know, with our powers combined, it's, it's pretty much, you know, world domination, but it's not domination. It's more of, elevating the frequency of the world and creating more positivity, joy, compassion, uh, fulfillment, and things like that. And I've just always had a, a drive for that. And so we definitely see um, a, lot of, a lot of places that we can go collectively uh, with our, our powers combined. World elevation. I kind of like that. Yeah. I might have to steal yeah. that. <laughs> so I <don't... laughs> I was watching your video, and I was struck by um, something you talked about, about time, and talked about growth over time, and the opposite being stagnation and becoming irrelevant. And I've had a brush with that, and so it really hit home. <laughs> and uh, coming out of that irrelevant stage, that feeling of just not, not having grown, um, sitting on my laurels, sitting on my past successes a little too long... Mm -hmm to the point where I'm like, wait a minute, I lost the thread. I lost the momentum completely. And where I'm at feels like I've got to work really, really hard to get all of that back or to get the sense of that momentum back. And then I realized, hey, I'm a little bit outdated on some things too. I haven't been growing. That really hit home. 
And then you talk about time and, um, and how you mess with time a little bit. You, had, you were presently talking about how you had taught yourself the flute in, I think, two weeks or something, which is crazy. <laughs> but uh, then you had a really great explanation for how you did it um, and why. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was one of my principal things. So what I'm trying to get to is when people get stuck like I was, and I kind of muddled my way out of it. I didn't do it with the help of someone like you, I would have gotten out a lot sooner, I'm sure, but, um, and with a lot less pain and suffering, probably. But, uh, but you talked about time, and one of the things that I faced when I was stuck was everything that I looked at in terms of growth, in terms of skill growth and things that I would need to do for my business to get back on track and get passionate about something again and, and, uh, and discover everything looked too hard and time-consuming to even pick up. So for a while, I was mm-hmm. blowing things off like, well, that looks like a great idea. In fact, in my, older, or my younger years, I would have done that. I would have just jumped in and stayed up all night as long as it took and have all the energy in the world for it. But as I got older and I found myself in this place, I looked at everything and I just got weak and limp. And when you started talking about time, I'm like, that's what I was experiencing Everything just looked too big all of a sudden. I looked like it felt like I was too stagnant and too far gone at one point. This is my low point, and uh, I sure wish I had you to talk to. Uh, but if anybody's ever experienced that, or if somebody's listening now, how would you talk to them about that and explain your ideas on on deconstructing time and things that you talk about in your video? Great. Yeah. So there's a lot of lot of uh, I could I could riff on that for about six hours. Um, uh, I would say first and foremost, it's it's about rekindling the passion for for learning, and this happens so often to us um, uh, when we when we get a job title, uh, we have become something. We have arrived at this state uh, where we are described as fill in the blank your job title, and that defines us. And we've arrived at this fixed moment with this fixed skill. And then we have to uphold that uh, one persona or one way of being. And uh, it can be really challenging to uh, go back to that kind of beginner's mind uh, or that lifelong learner's mind and get back in the, you know, back in the groove of, of, of being fresh and new at something. And so the first thing I think of is, you know, you know breaking it down to, um, you know, the fact that we were, we were all kids at some point in our life. And we all took those first basic, you know, steps, the, 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 you know, the crawling and the walking and, uh, you know, the first words and all that. And so we've gone through that process before. And to remember that, you know, when kids, kids have this tenacity, as you said, when you were younger, you would stay up all night, do whatever it takes to, to achieve it. They have this drive and tenacity. Um, but, but, but what we have um, as adults now is we have this analytical thinking. We have this logical, rational mind. And so sometimes that can prevent us. Uh, in other words, we can become paralyzed by perfection, right? And we can become paralyzed by that perfection because our definition of perfection is whatever, you know, fill in the blank, your level of mastery or job title is. Um, whereas, you know, it, instead of being paralyzed by, by that perfection, like a child is ignited by possibility. And so if we can reignite that passion, rekindle that passion for learning, then we become unstoppable, but it's not about being a master immediately out of the gate. It's about simply embracing the process. And there's so much fun in the process, especially if we're cultivating a skill that is exciting to us. So there's two, two ways of looking at it. One is a skill that's just exciting to us that's a hobby, that's something fun. 
Um, and, and then the other is something that is, you know, more professional, uh, almost like mandatory for us to stay relevant and valuable in our industries or in life. And so the two thinkings on that are, are, you know, for fun, it's about just quantifying the data, measuring the data, keeping a journal is one of the most powerful ways to do it. You know, where you just do, I call it the time travelers journal where you put in, um, it's basically cultivating metacognition or cultivating uh, time when you can, you know, really slow down to speed up. You can slow down time to speed up later. In the present moment, you're reflecting. And so what you do is you, you, um, you just do two moments through the day in this journal. You do the projection and the reflection time. And so at the projection time, you're projecting at the top of the day into your day of how you're going to, uh, you know, learn this skill, develop this skill, uh, attempt this skill, practice this skill, integrate this skill into your life. And then the reflection time is how did I or how did you integrate that into your day? Uh, and so it's just taking that little bit of time for the self because what that does is it, it actually um, cultivates uh, confidence. It creates that, that confidence within because you're seeing on a micro level uh, the small successes that you've had, the small moments that you've had, whereas oftentimes we're looking at it as a macro perspective of, oh, I, I'm not a master yet. Well, that means I haven't done anything. It's like zero to a hundred, right? Mm. It, it's like, we got to start the car up. We got to go, we got to back it down the driveway, start going zero to 10, 10 to 20, 20 to 30, you know, then, then we build that momentum. But so it's, it's not all or nothing. It's actually a process. And when we can embrace that process and put some of the analytical side of thinking into there and the, the science into there, then we can actually measure that, that data uh, accurately. And then we remind ourselves that we are having little micro successes. And that catalyzes that, um, that confidence. It reminds us that we're doing something. We are making progression. Um, and so that in, uh, uh, um, inspires us, ignites us, and that's the possibility to move forward and to keep moving, moving forward. Then the, uh, then the other side of things is the mastery side. And um, the biggest thing I think as, as if, 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 you know, people listening right now are in an influencer role or a leadership role or some role where they're viewed as a master at a craft or a skill, um, we really challenge into that beginner mindset to give ourselves permission to be vulnerable in mistakes, which is absolutely relevant because when we're in these roles as masters, uh, we don't want people to see us make mistakes, right? Because that uh, either, you know, either, either that is going to demote our, uh, uh, our, our perceived right. space value or if we're working up the chain and we're trying to prove ourselves and, and, and get that raise or, or, or upgrade ourselves in that uh, chain of command or whatnot, then it, 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 that failure, we feel that it's going to push us back. Um, but in fact, what we, what we really need to do, or I, what I would invite all of us to do, is to embrace that, that lifelong learner's mindset. And there's so much that we have to leverage on uh, when we're masters, and things are transferable. In other words, if we, um, you know, whatever skills, you know, just taking a moment right now, and for the listeners, you know, thinking in, in, in your minds right now, all of the skills that you've acquired that have influenced your life's path, all of the skills that have led you to where you are, to the career that you're in, the industry you're in, the quality of life that you have, that have led you to this very moment right here, all of those skills that have come together to create your own unique expression. 
You have so much right here at your disposal, and there's so much to leverage. And when we're acquiring a new skill, we're never really starting from scratch. We're morphing into the next iteration of a skill. And when we can view it as we're leveraging and we have so many points of leverage to build upon, then we can transfer that information, transfer the literal like technical application, but also transfer that feeling and that confidence and that certainty and that level of mastery that we already have in another skill or a craft. And when we can transfer that feeling and that energy, then we can show up and be in our place of power. You know, one of the things, many things came up as you were talking. One of them was the, um, the obvious was when we were younger, we got tested on things all the time. We took tests, and mm. our accomplishment was passing the test to whatever degree we thought was great, straight A's or whatever. But we got tested, and we, we felt like we leveled up. And the, the master part of it that I was missing was I should already be this. Why doesn't everybody recognize me as that? And since, you know, a lot of us, like, helped invent a lot of the stuff that's going on on the Internet today, <laughs> and, and there were no certification programs back then. Now there are. And so one of the things I started to do to get out of my, my slump was get certified. Like, there's all kinds of certifications you can go and get in my area of expertise. And I like and then you you talked about we bring a lot of things, we transfer a lot of things. Well, a lot of my credits in the life university of you know being good at getting attention on the internet and stuff like that transferred. I didn't have to study as hard uh, as a newbie um, to pass these certifications, and it gave me that thing that I was missing that I was just sitting here going, I can't move because I'm not. I don't know where the baby steps are. I didn't think I was looking for baby steps at the time. And one of those things one of, might help a lot of people listening was certifications. Go find some and take some and feel that sense of accomplishment. Would you say that would be a, a good tactic uh, for people? Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. Because then that, that's going to, it's again, it's the whole, you know, it's like all of us, we all love getting a trophy, right? I mean, we all love getting something yeah. that again, comes back to that significance, feeling that significance, whether that's the validation that I'm seeking um, as a facilitator or, you know, uh, you know, feeling, getting that reciprocation from a human that says, hey, that really helped my life. You know, that really helped me today. I saw something new, whether it's that or it's a, or it's a paper that has your name on it and, and, uh, and, and a signature that, you know, either way, we're, 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 we're receiving that significance and all human beings love that feeling of significance. And when we get into that flow, then it breeds on that and we start building that confidence. And then we're, we're, we're more apt to, uh, to reach a little bit further, stretch a little bit further, just like the analogy of the, you know, the car getting up and running, we go a little bit faster and it gets easier and easier as we have that momentum and we're building that momentum kind of like, you know, the people that we're surrounding ourselves with are those uh, you know, and everybody listening right now, you know, there's there's at least one person in your life, more than likely, that kind of brings you down, you know, that kind of brings you down and, and just mm. just doesn't make you feel great, you know, and it's like everything you do is not good enough or nothing you do is good enough, you know, and then you probably have hopefully have uh, that person or some people that that bring you up and, 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 and remind you of who you are and, and, and put you in that place of power. 
And I call those amplifiers. And if we can surround ourselves with those amplifiers uh, more often, then we're going to uh, we're going to naturally vibrate on that frequency or emit that kind of energy uh, of, of of confidence. And I definitely agree with you that um, that the that the paper is is validation, which breeds more of that. Another thing to the point of your of that energy you're talking about. One thing that um, looking at your material and uh, and how you interact and how you choose to teach and and demonstrate and things, you're holding yourself out as a lifelong learner. Like you you're a professional trier of things and doer of things and an experiencer of new things all the time. I would imagine that would help you with the. Um, master falling on his face once in a while situation because now everybody <laughs> knows you take risks. Everybody knows that that's your MO and that it's okay. Mm-hmm. Everybody forgives it when they know that you're one of those people who is always learning. And the trick is to hold yourself out as that. So people understand mm-hmm. where you're coming from. Is that close? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I definitely, yeah, my life is, is, is full of full of uh, mistakes or falling on my face. I mean, I, I feel like as humans, you know, whenever we're trying something new, we're never we're never ready for it. You know, we're never ready for it until we've done it, and then we're like, hey, I think I'm ready for that thing I did last week. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, we had a guest last week who uh, signed up for a hundred mile bike tour, uh, and then he bought the bike. He's not a biker. <laughs> he doesn't know how to go on a, a, a race of any kind, let alone a hundred miles, and. Uh, we definitely have a theme going here for that kind of stuff. And we yes. talked about growth uh, much in the same way. Um, it really is a sweet spot. I asked him, and I'll ask you, what is the, what's the juice that you get from it? Do you have a name for that? that um, it's the same kind of energy I would think that you would get when you're a catalyst for change for someone individually or a crowd of people. But what about your own personal growth, these things that you do that scare the crap out of you, and you don't know how you're going to do them? And you don't know why you have any business doing them. You're not a professional. What you talk about, your self-talk gets in the way. But you do it anyway. Yeah. And there's something I've noticed. It's like endorphin release, or but something more powerful and lasting than a temporary endorphin release. Do you have a name for that? Because it does become addicting, doesn't it? It do, it does become addicting. And there is, uh, there is some gratification when we can get over the, um, you know, the imposter syndrome that uh, – that is dwelling within all of us, you know, and that self-talk. And when we can rewrite that narrative of the internal dialogue and write a new script or a new story, uh, you know, starting with positive affirmations, um, you know, that there is, there is a real kick out of that. I don't think I have a specific um, word for that, but I do love making up words. So I think that that is, um, that is on the horizon. <laughs> I accept the challenge. We need a word. <laughs> Our guest last week didn't have a word for it either. I sense that we need a word. Somebody needs to come up with this word for sure because uh, it, it is something that I notice in people, and it's probably because of our perspective of having the show and always interviewing dynamic ex- experts from all walks of life and everything constantly every single week. It puts us in kind of a position to – notice that you all have a lot of similar traits, and this is one of them. And I'm like, this got, there's got to be something to this. Um, because mm-hmm. people are out there trying to, to learn flute, of all things. My goodness, like, where would that even come up that you need to do that? Then I keep watching the video, and I'm like, well, he knows a whole bunch of instruments. That's his thing. So I get that. But I'm like, 
people are do they do they are really trying to stretch out. And I think when people get onto that, they really start to do some crazy stuff, like climbing mountains that are way too tall and all this stuff that is nothing related yeah. to their work lives or, or anything like that, just because they need that that feeling that you get. Even if you only get halfway up that mountain or you can only play one song on the flute, it's still the same release, isn't it? It, it is, it is. And I, I know for me, there's always, every skill that I acquire is, I view it as a tool um, that I can have at my disposal so that I can create a deeper connection with another human or add value or have another bridge of, of, of relatability to them. So for example, since you mentioned the flute a couple of times, you know, I specifically learned flute when I was a um, I was a guest entertainer, uh, variety entertainer on the Disney cruise ships for um, almost a decade. And I did almost a thousand shows with them. And one, the, the, the sole purpose that I learned to play the flute was so that I could learn um, a Disney song and have that as part of my presentation to connect with them, to, to add to their shared experience. So it all, all comes back to that, that tribal connection, that community building um, and so for me, there's always every skill that I acquire is anchored in a connection moment that is um, that is going to come uh, in the future. Is there something that people reflect back to you when they're giving you feedback on how they feel after one of your events um, uh, that you can't believe is a big deal? Because I sense that a lot, too, in many of the experts out there that there are things that they do that they're, it's core competency and they don't even think. It's like telling a fish it's swimming or, or something like that. It's, it's not impressed with that. Why are you impressed with that? Is, is there one thing or a couple of things that you're, you're sort of amazed that all people don't already know and already do? Yeah, there definitely, there definitely are some themes there. Um, and, and, you know, one of them is, is, the, uh, is the, the vocal percussion that I do, the beatboxing. And, you know, for me, my, my perspective and my relationship to rhythm and music is, um, and my catalyst has always been, again, to unify people through, uh, through the power of, of music and sound. And uh, when I got into beatboxing, I just kind of did it. And I thought, oh, well, everybody can do this. And, and so my, my belief system is that um, all human beings are not musicians, but all human beings are musical by nature. We all have biorhythms. We breathe in rhythm. Uh, you know, our, our hearts are beating in rhythm. Everything we do, we keep time in rhythm. We do business in rhythm. We, we have a tempo to our phone calls, how we respond to people, how quickly we respond to emails. Uh, our conversations are all in rhythm. And when we change that, it makes a difference. So we're all at the core musical beings. And so, when I do this, uh, this beatboxing or vocal percussion stuff, so many people are like, how do you do that? How do you do that? And I kept receiving that so much that I was like, okay, I'm going to teach people how to do this in my, in my keynotes and my presentations. And so I started like deconstructing that skill into its simplest form and using it as kind of a, um, kind of a, a co empowerment moment for people, but also an icebreaker to just, you know, have a little bit of fun and create that connection. These kinds of things are things that probably remind you that you are here for a very specific reason, right? I mean, these are things where they might have been surprising that you that you ended up in 
teaching some of the things that you do in the way that you do, but at some point you must have come to the conclusion that these are examples of things you were absolutely put here and meant to do. This is where you fit, like perfectly. Is, can you describe that feeling when you, ha- when you just fit so well, you know exactly that you're doing your life's purpose without any question whatsoever? Yeah, it definitely feels like um... – it definitely feels like a, a you know when when the when the puzzle has been completed, when you're in that that yeah. flow so to speak, um, and you know we're all on our own life journeys and and I've got plenty of ups and downs in mine and and puzzle pieces that I'm constantly you know trying to arrange and put together, uh, but yes there is definitely something that happens uh, when I'm when I feel like you know it's like hey I'm at the right place at the right time right now. You know, and I'm exactly what I need to be right now. Nothing more, nothing less. And I'm just here. And, and there's, there's that, there is a very specific feeling um, when, when I have arrived in that place. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, it's, it's definitely kind of a, it's kind of a, I guess, tr- attempting to describe it would be a feeling of just um, of ease of flow of it's almost like the temperature is crisp and cool, kind of like a, like an autumn day where, you know, I love the autumn time of the year, you know, the leaves are falling off the trees, the temperature is just right. The oxygen is clean. And it just feels Mm. like you're, it feels like you're at this, this, this place that you, that that you should be almost. It it is that feeling of, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm enough. You know, it really comes back down to that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wanted to pull that out because, uh, it was a lesson that I needed to learn, that enoughness thing. And I know that every listener has either gone through that or is in the process of relearning that lesson. Uh, it's so very important, and it unlocks so many things. I mean, the limitless feeling that you can get from that realization is pretty powerful stuff. But I'm going to shift gears and pretend like we're studying you under a microscope. Rainy, let's pretend like Ron Carr's not even here, okay? Let's just pretend like he's he's left the room. <laughs> I want to know from you, what's, what? it, what's it like working with him? What's he like? Is he like this all the time? What Does he come backstage and throw things around in <clears throat> temper tantrums? I need to know the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've come to the right Ready? girl. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you all the dirt. No. Um, no, it, it's really cool because, um, again, I, I do believe that we were just in the perfect times in our lives to really attract each other. And I had just gotten finished working on a big project and producing an event and was kind of looking at, okay, what's next for me? And um, I had actually um, gotten to a place of burnout with that last project. You know, when you're putting on a, a mega event, you do put in those long hours working from you know, 9 a.m. to 2 or 3 in the morning and, you know, just making sure everything happens. And I was kind of at this place of, you know, I'm not sure what to do with myself. I wasn't ready to run at 100% yet. And um, Broncar showed up in my life, and he really was able to utilize his message to help to elevate me and to get me to realize that I needed to slow down to speed back up. And, you know, when I work with a speaker, I'm really that, I'm a super experiential girl. I really have to feel it, experience it, believe in it um, in order to really get behind it. You know, I'm a missions 
self-centered girl. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's a mission and a cause, I'm that girl. <laughs> and, um, you know, because I was able to experience his teachings and his message in a time in my life when I really needed it, I was able to really um, get back to that place of power to be able to slow down, to speed up, and 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 just to really be reminded of, you know, my heart-centered mission in the world, which is to really help people learn and grow. Um, for me, it's been such a journey, and, and there's so many different ways and different um you know, things like workshops, speaking, you know, all these different ways that people have to learn and grow. But I really feel like the power of a deep message with some real tools that people can actually use is super powerful. So I got to experience that firsthand. And once I did, I was like, that's it, I'm in. (laughs) So, um, and I've actually, I've gone with him uh, to a couple events so far. and We've got some more I'm going to him, to with him. And he is really that same person on stage and off stage. Um, and he's, he's really fun to work with. He's got a great energy. Um, him and Darn I both it. have a very high energy. <laughs> I know, you wanted the dirt. <laughs> but, this isn't dirt. Yeah, what about know. the temper tantrum? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah, he's super egotistical and hard to work with. No. <laughs> um, but no, he he. I've seen him really, you know, connect with the audience and care that care about the people that are there and the experience and the things that they're getting from it. And um, you know, I have to say, in being in the world of personal development for the last ten years, um, I do believe that we teach what we need to learn the most. And I do believe that everybody that's out there putting themselves out in this world. Um, has a heart for it at some place, but there's also those people who are talking the talk but not necessarily walking it. So I think it's rare when you find yeah. a person who's doing both, and those are the kind of people that I really want to get behind and help them to share their messages with the world. You brought up something really interesting there early on that you were coming out of a burnout situation. Do you think Mm-hmm. And then, you, and then you talk about the, uh, uh, you know, you really need to lead with your passion. It has to be. There has to be some there. There, is it possible to burn out in your mind if you have that component in place? Because it just struck me that the thing that you said about the big event was it was a big event, and you're a you're an event person. You put events together, but it sounds like maybe mm-hmm. part of the burnout came from that was enough. I okay, I put events together, whatever. But now you sound like somebody who has no chance of burning out because there's more there than just the pro- proficiency at putting events and, and, and things like that on, the technicality of it. Is that accurate? Would you feel like that's uh, there's something there there? <laughs> um, I would say that um, I think anyone, no matter how passionate they are about something, can always risk getting burnout. Um, you know, we take on a project, we, 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 like you said, when you're that, when you're younger, you see something that you want and you're like, great, I'll stay up all night and I'll put in all these hours. And, you know, and I think we really have to be careful, um, because sometimes our passion, um, might outweigh what our physical body (laughs) is like, whoa, slow down. You need to sleep. You need to eat. Um, 
but I think now the tools that I'm learning um, and using um, with Broncar are really helpful. And um, one of the things that, that Broncar and I really have a passion for is creating what we call these tune-up tracks. And these tune-up tracks that we're creating are all about visualization. Um, so they're, they're usually about five minutes long. Um, we're creating ones for different times of the day. You know, whether it's in the morning, whether you need to pick me up in the afternoon. Um, and one of the latest ones that we just created is actually specifically for event planners. And it's kind of near and dear to my heart because um, as event planners and people that produce these events, those people have so much that they're responsible for, every little single detail, and it all matters. And it it matters on such a large scale because – when you put on an event, you know, not only are you touching the people in that room, but you're touching the people in those people's lives. And it, and it has a ripple effect out into the world. And I feel like so many times the event planners are the last to get the recognition. You know, it's the speakers and the people on stage and this and that. But, you know, I want them to realize that their spark is creating a massive difference on the planet. And so we wanted to be able to give a gift back to those people, especially Broncar. He works with them, you know, more closely in some ways than I do, you know, once he gets to the actual event and things of that nature. But I just feel like that's a really great gift. So we've put it out there free to all the event planners and we're sharing it with everybody. And that way they just have a minute to kind of get in tune because not only do they need to be centered the day of the event, but they need to be able to bring that energy up. And so um, yeah. I think that's one way that we're, we're really looking to create some tools, you know, because you can tell people things all day long, but when they actually leave with a tool that they can use on a daily basis that will make a difference in their life, that's huge. If only Broncar were in the room. Uh, and could answer this question. Oh yeah, come on back, buddy. <laughs> now we talk. We, we talk about you enough. We're gonna let you in. It was all flattering. You don't have to worry. You can listen to the recording later. Um, I, I kind of want to stick to. I want those tools, by the way. Sign me up for that. Uh, let's uh, very soon here. Tell everybody where they, you know, be able to run into those when they're done, for sure. Because mm-hmm. it leads into this question, which is. Why do you think we forget really big, important life lessons, things that you hear when you're in a moment of needing to hear something really bad, and you realize that what you were just told or what you just experienced is something you had already been told and experienced before? Why don't we carry with us more efficiently throughout life these big life lessons that we learn when we read the philosophers, you should never forget that stuff, but yet we do. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that that, uh, I believe that that comes because we are, um, we are adaptable human beings are, we're wired to survive. And so we assimilate to the environment. And when we are not constantly in that type of environment and being reminded of that, uh, we forget. And so in other words, it's a lifestyle it's something we do, uh, and that's, you know, uh, um, whether it's a, a lifelong learner, whether it's a 
keeping yourself in tune or bringing that magical ratio that kind of Rainey was touching on there with reminding people, you know, that to, to slow down, to speed up, changing gears, you know, whatever that is, if we're not around that, we forget. And so we, uh, we assimilate to the new environment. If we move to another country, we learn that language, right, out of survival. And so we're constantly adapting. And that's the, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse as a human, you know, but I think that it, it simply comes, comes back to uh, being surrounded by that, by that energy, by those reminders on a, on a regular basis. Yeah. And, and I'd also and, like to and, add to that too. Um, I feel like, for me, there's been many times where I've had mentors go, oh, my gosh, Rainey, I told you that like a year ago, <laughs> and you're just now getting it. <laughs> and I do believe yeah. that, you know, in different times in our lives, there's there's many people where they're like, hey, I don't need to go to that event. I've already done something like that. Yeah, you've done something like that, but maybe at the time that you first heard it, you weren't ready to receive that information. You know, and then you go and you hear it again somewhere else or you hear it differently and then it resonates with you. And learning is also about repetition and practice. And that that's why I feel like those tools, those visual visualization techniques that you can do on a daily basis for five minutes will really help to keep that in the forefront of your mind and, and, and you know, help with that repetition and learning process. I feel like uh, it's a good time to bring up that idea of, of you talk about growth a lot and things like that. You could also just talk about expansion and our relation to uh, an ever-expanding universe. We're part of that. We got stardust mm-hmm. in our veins. And mm-hmm. we're meant to grow. Maybe it isn't as important to remember during our adaptability, uh, our, our adaptation times, but the adaptation is important. And, and growth or expansion is really the order of the day for human beings and every single other living thing, isn't it? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, growth and expansion, growth and expansion. Yes, limitless. Absolutely. And the, maybe the memory and, is a collective thing and why we need to remind each other, like I need to come to your event so that you can remind me of important things I've forgotten or never knew. And we each need to go to each other's stuff because we are all mirrors of each other, maybe. Maybe that's why there are so many people in coaching and consulting businesses because maybe that's how we keep a collective memory of things we forget as we're adapting along the way. And that ties into what totally you said agree. earlier with a, lot of, with a lot of times what speakers um, or preachers or people are saying, that's what they're seeking the most of. And I know every time... Um, that I take on a new client or I start coaching somebody, I do, I lo- do a little bit of coaching, not, not a ton anymore, but like um, whenever I'm coaching somebody, I always, at the beginning of the relationship, I say, look, I'm going to learn just as much from you as you are for me. And, and, and everything that I ever teach, it's a reminder to the self or it's a deeper dive into the, uh, to the awareness of it. It's like every time I learn something new, I realize how little I know. And so, and the same thing goes, I'm sure, you know, whenever people have coached me, you know, I know I've gotten some of that feedback, oh, I never thought about that or whatever. And I'm like, I'm just learning from you, you know? So, but yeah, so we are the the mirror neurons and the reminders. Absolute. It is really uh, exciting because it kind of takes the, um, the guilt out of some of the things that we put ourselves through and feel and decide that we're guilty about by forgetting lessons learned. 
uh, at a time when we thought we were never going to forget that. My God, that was so profound. And uh, and then we get hard on ourselves, don't we? What? Do, how do you deal with people when you're um, dealing with the topic of guilt and how hard that can really hold someone back? Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> guilt is definitely uh, something that that we all live with. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a real experience. Um, you know, in every situation is, every situation is unique. So there is, I don't really have a, you know, a cookie cutter answer for that. You know, um, would it be more specifically on the side of myself experiencing guilt or the other uh, person feeling guilt? Well, sort of like when you ask a really bad question and you phrase it wrong and you feel guilty about that, but you got to press on because you're in an interview and you can't let them see you sweat, that kind of thing. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, now I feel guilty. No, no guilt here. <laughs> <laughs> now we're all guilty. Guilt party. You just spread the guilt around. That's how you deal with it. You just spread it around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like peanut butter. Just put it on that sandwich and eat it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, I was just referring maybe uh, to, you know, everybody, you get a little bit delicate in the next steps that you take if you feel like you've failed, if you feel like you have, um, you know, let yourself or someone else down or something like that, and it can really hold back businesses. And the people that I've worked with, that's been a real big factor at times. Um, do you have any words of wisdom for people to just get back going? I think what you're going to say is something about growth again because – it seems to be the answer to an awful lot of things. Just go do yeah, well, something. Go. Yeah. I don't know. What What would you say? And it comes back to that expansiveness that you mentioned. It's the expansiveness, the limitlessness, the uh, ever-growing. Absolutely. It's another word, way to um, – you know, I look at it as if we – when we begin to see the world, we can look at the world as like, oh, everything's a challenge and everything's a roadblock and everything gets in my way and I just can't do anything. And it's just like such a frustrating experience. And I'm not saying that that isn't absolutely 100% real and that I haven't experienced that. Absolutely, I have. Uh, but there's also another way that we can view the world. And I, for myself, when I started using this technique, it really helped, it, it helped me see the world in a more optimistic way. And that was, again, the, the being in a receptive and open uh, state of mind, you know, Obviously, you know, Carol Dweck writes about the growth mindset and, you know, you have a lot of people in that growth mindset thing. But when we can view the world as 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 it's those challenges are opportunities again and they're gifts that we're receiving, uh, those big moments are opportunities for us to step up, whether that's, you know, I've had tons of failure moments, uh, which are very less preferred in the moment. But then when we can get outside and we can, you know, cultivate that metacognition, that self-awareness, again, we have those amplifiers around us, uh, we can get back on track and we can view that from a different perspective and look at it as though life isn't about arriving at a finite moment. And that one failed experience or mistake that we made defines us as a human. Instead of that, we look at life as being this continuous uh, expansion, right? And that was one moment that happened on our journey and how can we take that mm. and then again, analyze the data. So we record it, right? We record that experience. We review that and then we either recreate that if it's preferred or we recalibrate if it's less preferred. 
And so when we can, when we can do that, then the next time we find ourselves in a situation like that, we have a different tool set, right? We know, uh, uh, oh, that didn't work last time. Let me try one of these other three options. Continuous growth and development yeah. again. And that comes, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm agreeing. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that, that, I mean, that comes back to, to again, the, the, the amplifiers of the people around us to, to remind us of that. But some of, I know for myself, some of the biggest, you know, the biggest challenges in my life um, have been, you know, when I, when I step outside, I get outside of it. And then it comes back to that visualization technique, you know, um, of, of really slowing time down. And when we slow that time down, we get a new perspective on things, and then we can speed it back up. And when we can slow it down and analyze, you know, uh, what, what is it that's happening or what is it that, that happened and really look at it subjectively, really get out of our own way and look at it and, and view it not as the self but as the past version of ourselves, the previous version of ourselves, right? And then we're viewing it in the present moment as the, you know, what, what, what was the past version now is the present version and we're analyzing the situation so that we can create a more powerful future version that knows what to do in that that situation again yeah uh back to beginner's mind a little bit i we talk a little bit you talk a bit about the mechanics of what we would do to cultivate beginner's mind but what about beginner's mindset like how do we walk around the world and experience it more the way someone like you does because i get this picture that you're one of those types of people it's like a little kid the first time they go into a candy store and they just are looking at the lights and the bright colored candies and everything all the time. And I know that you wouldn't characterize yourself that way because you have your ups and downs like everybody, but you seem to have a beginner's mindset or maybe I'm not putting that the right way, but I want to be able to walk around and be more on a daily, weekly basis in that level of mindset with that sense of wonder of things around me and not always be, with my nose to the grindstone on the latest project and things like that. And I think that probably is, if people were asked, one of the things they most admire about people like you. How do we do it? Yeah, I think it's really instilling that fun, rekindling that passion for learning. So when we are, um, when we are in, in, inspired uh, uh, by something, then we move towards it. And again, it comes back to not being paralyzed by the perfection uh, because we, we are, we have become something in our lives and now we have this expectation for ourselves. And when we have that expectation on ourselves, then anytime we try something new and different, it's not going to be up to our standard, right? So we have to really mm-hmm. get out of that and we have to, and, and, and viewing it as like, okay, well, you know, uh, one large technique is like taking, if we can remove the pressure of things um, like there's no pressure. I'm just going to learn this for fun. Or what I like to do as well is there's no pressure. I'm going to learn this for somebody else. In other words, I'm going to learn this, this thing, like I, even coming back to that flute concept, I'm going to learn this, this flute thing so that I can play a song that's a part of the shared experience that all of these people are having. And so when I, when, when I put that emphasis on adding value to somebody else's life, uh, or somebody else's life or some other people's lives. When I put the emphasis on that, it takes the pressure off of myself. And I do the same thing. I said this, I'm the current president of the national speakers association for the, um, the Georgia chapter. And when I gave my, uh, my, my speech, um, my incoming speech a, a couple of months ago, 
I, the first thing I said on stage was, I am not perfect. I will never be perfect. But my intention is absolute. My intention is to elevate the quality of, of the members' experience here uh, and, and to really amplify everything that's happening and build our community. And so I, that takes the pressure off of me needing to be something, me needing to be the best or the greatest or the smartest or the fastest or the wisest or whatever. And it's like, no, I'm here to help. I'm here to heal. I'm here to, you know, I'm here to, 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 to serve in some way, shape, or form. And when we as humans can, can get in that kind of mindset – I believe that, uh, that, that we can get out of our own way, and it takes that pressure off of us. We've built a funny little system here, haven't we, as, uh, as humans? <laughs> we've, on the one hand, I'm not going to hire anybody, I've been taught, who's not an absolute expert in the thing that I need help with. And then that person has to hold themselves out as this giant expert with all of this deep resume of, of experience to prove their expertise. And then we require that of each other, whether it's from a plumber or a self-help person or a doctor, a lawyer. And at the same time, we're talking now about the fallibility of humans in general, that we are a bunch of learners. Mm -hmm. All the time we're learners. Mm -hmm. And so how do you bridge those two? I mean, how can we go forth, all of us, and help mitigate the damage that it can do if you become too overly obsessed on the expert thing, either on your own personal level, so it stifles your growth, or just how we walk around and treat each other. Oh, you're the expert and this is... Because it seems like it can really mess up that beginner's mind that we all should be cultivating at all times. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel that myself oftentimes with that kind of comes back to that imposter syndrome because everybody's like, oh... You know, when you when you're when you do a lot of public speaking and, and, and keynoting and performance and stuff, you're you're uh, uh, it's very easy for people to say, oh, you're the guru or oh, you're the you're the specialist or the expert or this. And, and everybody's like, what are you the expert of? And I'm like, honestly, I'm an expert at me. And that's about it. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, everything else I'm, I'm, I'm still learning, you know, and and uh, uh, but but I think that, you know, there there definitely is that that has a big shift in the uh, dynamic and the relationship. Um, and again, I just, I wanted to, you know, I want to bring it back uh, just real quick to take to, to slowing down to speeding up. And, and I believe that when we can manipulate time, when we can step out of, uh, it's almost like we step out of the storm of, of business and work and productivity and family and wherever, you know, all the, 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 the listeners here are, are at in their lives. You know, for me, I have, two boys that are under the age of three. Uh, you know, I have, uh, I'm an entrepreneur. I have a business. I'm producing, you know, this big event next month. I'm uh, running the youth conference at National Speakers Association next year. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the current president of NSA. I, all these things are going on, and I feel like I'm just so overwhelmed with everything. And, and when I can step outside and get in the eye of that storm, then I can really center myself. And I can really, I'm reminded that it's okay. I've got this. It's okay. And that again comes back to, um, to the tune-up tracks that we create. And and the 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 reason we started creating that was, um, number one, is a reminder to myself before I'm doing a big moment. I have a big meeting or a presentation or something like that. I'm reminding myself that I'm ready for this moment, right? That I'm absolutely what I need to be for this moment, no matter what. And I'm going to walk out and my message is going to be absolute. My intention is absolute. 
And, um, and so that's one of the, one of the biggest things. And the other is to create a balance because I'm a high energy person, as you can feel, and I, I need to slow down. And when we can use tools uh, like music and sound and words, we can tap into what we're hearing, what we're saying, what we're seeing. Then when we have those outside influences, we can slow down. And so I would, again, encourage anybody listening to check out, um, you know, the tune-up tracks that we've, we've created. I know we have um, – uh, I know we have a free winner. Rainy, feel free to jump in here if I say this wrong, because uh, I'm not the I'm not the marketing guru. She's the, <laughs> she's the, she's the champion of the, the, the nuts and bolts and the details. But I believe it's if people go to broncar.com/slash um, in tune, uh, then they can get a free download uh, of of a, of a tune-up that we created. I believe it's it's broncar.com/slash uh, in tune. Is that correct, Rainy? Yes, that's correct. Mm-hmm. And they can listen to it or download it. And like I said, it just, it takes five minutes, but I really feel like, you know, a lot of what we've been talking about is how do we sustain that momentum? You go to a great event, you hear a great speaker, but then you get home and that halo effect kind of wears off and you're like, okay, I'm back to square one. And I heard this great yeah. stuff, but what do I do to keep myself in tune on a daily basis? And just taking five minutes and doing some visualization is a, is a great technique to be able to sustain that momentum and to create a daily practice so that you can show up in your life however is needed. I also want to throw in awesome. Rainy on that too, just for, yeah, just for people listening. You know, when we do these tracks, like, you know, uh, we generally don't say the M word, which is meditation, uh, uh, because that has a lot of stereotype to it. Um, and I know for me, for years, I never, I never meditated. And honestly, meditation is still in its traditional form quite challenging for me as far as, you know, sitting down and thinking of nothing, so to speak. Um, uh, it's hard when one has a severe ADHD. Uh, but um, so, so what, what I've done is kind of taken this approach of how do we, how do we take music? How do we take, you know, it's, I mean, everything from like a relaxing instrument, like a, like a, uh, like a, like a crystal bowl or a native flute, but also utilizing, you know, keys and drums and percussion and stimulating music as well. And to blend those together, because I think a lot of people are turned off by uh, meditating or, or things like that, visualizations, because it's just about sitting still and doing nothing, when in fact it is absolutely doing something. We are slowing down, and we're taking a new perspective on life, but it can also be very catalyzing and stimulating. And so that's one thing that, that we breathe into uh, our, our, our you know, visualization tracks is that you know, we do have the soft, still moments, but we also evolve into the up-tempo, funky stuff that gets you going and, and is a, actually a catalyst for you to step into your place of power. Yeah, there's millions of ways to meditate. Yeah, that, that everybody's, uh, you know, uh, personal experience with that usually goes around what you described, and then they don't do it, and it's such a loss because they just didn't figure out there's so many ways to become meditative. And and you don't have mm -hmm. to do the knees crossed and fingertip touching and all that kind of stuff, especially for guys like you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't imagine you trying to do that very successfully. Broncar <laughs> uh, and Rainey, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. This was fascinating. I feel like we slowed down time a little bit so we could get so much packed into this hour. And I thank you for that because uh, – not only was this a great show, but I really feel like I'd love to hear from both of you uh, again on Leverage Masters in the future. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. Rainy, if I can help either of you in any way, you do know how to reach me, don't you? I got your number, girl. (laughs) Outstanding. Well, thanks again for being here, and we'll be back same time, same place next week. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters.